Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Our guest today is Mayor Ken McClure, and Ken is the mayor of Springfield, Missouri. Ken, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity. How long have you been uh, mayor of Springfield? How did you get to this point in your political career? I've been mayor since April of 2017, so four years now. The mayor in Springfield has a two-year term, and so I'll be starting my third two-year term. Our council members only serve a four-year term. And so they run every other time, uh, but the mayor runs two years. So uh, I ran in 2017 before that, and I had been a member of city council since 2015 and ran uh, two years later for mayor. So I got to this point in my life, I've had a career that I could not have scripted, but I've always worked for a lot of people who have run for office, never, ever dreamed that I would run myself. Never thought that you'd sit in the mayor's seat. Never thought I would do anything that had the honorable beside it in terms of a title. <laughs> but so much of my activity earlier in my career has really prepared me for what's been going on here uh, since I've been an elected official, especially the last few years. So. The lesson learned is that what you do throughout your lifetime and your professional career always has a purpose. What has been going on since you've been mayor? What have been some of your accomplishments? We all know the COVID challenge, but pre-COVID, post-COVID, what have been some of your challenges? Well, pre-COVID, we were talking about uh, back in the 2017 campaign uh, when we were running for office, how do we address a lot of the facilities issues, particularly public safety facilities issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, in late 2016, the fire chief at that time came before city council and said, we've got a dire need for two new fire stations. And he presented all the data, which backed that up. But how are you going to pay for that? Exactly. And we could not find the extra money to do that. But we also had serious issues with some of our police equipment, particularly vehicles, but others as well. And so we put our heads together uh, after the election in 2017 and said, how in the world can we pay for this? And we did something which is pretty novel. The city has had in place since the late 90s what's called the level property tax. And that was based upon uh, essentially uh, infrastructure, sewers, that type of thing that needed to be done. What does level mean? Everybody it's, pays it's, the same? It's the same, it's the same amount. Okay. It's the same amount for, per year. It's just a part of your property tax. But over time, as we had issued bond as a city, we had begun paying that down. Mm -hmm. And so there was what we were calling headroom in between what we had to pay for our bonds and what we had in terms of revenue. So we went to the voters in November of 2017 and said, you know, would you let us use that excess money, if you will, between what's required to pay off the bonds and what we now have as revenue to deal with some of these public safety issues. Mm -hmm. And they overwhelmingly said yes. I think it was 76%, something like that, very high. 
And so that's given us the resource financially to address a lot of that. So we've got two new fire stations now that are in the planning process and going to become reality. We've been able to deal with a lot of the equipment issues, a lot of the public safety initiatives, and no no cost uh, increase to the taxpayers. Well, public health and safety are certainly exactly. the cornerstone of government. So we, we did that in 2017, and that just really, I think, sparked the renewed emphasis, which we know we needed to address with public safety. And, of course, that's a key to so many things. We've been dealing with issues, we call them red flag issues, that have been identified over the years. One of them is poverty. Ten years ago, our poverty rate in this city was 29%. Just way, way too high. high. And so there's been a good community initiative to address that. And we got it down to 25% a few years ago and just about three weeks ago announced that it's down to a little over 22%. Still too high. But it's moving in the right direction. We're moving in the right direction. And so we really tried to make that a priority. Let's start talking about how do we impact poverty. Because that gets into so many issues that deal with things across the board. I say we have a skills gap Mm -hmm. in this community. We have far more good-paying jobs available than we have people trained to fill them. So what are the steps you're taking there? Is it education? Is it workforce development? What direction are you going there? It is all of that. Uh, We are trying to first attract good employers, and we are fortunate to have some. Just this past year, in spite of a pandemic, we were able to attract a Costco, for example. That was announced last March during the middle of the early part of of a uh, pandemic. American Airlines is building a maintenance facility here, which will help us tremendously. Amazon is building a facility in Republic, but they're putting a portion of that here. They pay $15 an hour for a lot of uh, entry-level part-time jobs, good Mm -hmm. wages. Good start. Uh, Kraft Heinz is in town. Uh, They've done a major expansion. Just two weeks ago, John Deere Reman announced 130 more jobs. That was announced by our our governor here just a few days ago. And so those are good-paying jobs. So how do we train people to get those jobs? We have a lot of people that are under-trained for what they do. So we've got a lot of community partners helping with that. One of those is the Ozarks Technical Community College. Uh, We call it OTC here in Springfield. But they are building right now a center for advanced manufacturing which is going to be taking the needs that employers have identified, the skill sets that they say they need, and provide that training for people. It's a real chicken and egg thing, isn't it? it? Is. The business or the workforce or the workforce or the business. But it's they, hard to keep both of them is. in balance. It is, and, but both play such a key role here. So the businesses are, are here. We're having just good success attracting those employers coming into town we have to provide the labor to do that and so that means to provide the necessary skill sets and then that gets down to issues we've talked about with public safety we talk about poverty we talk about the skills gap if you can raise wages if you can provide the training necessary then you provide certainly a a remedy for that poverty question you also provide I think, an answer to the public safety concerns, because I've said for so long that the best public safety initiative in this town is a strong economy with good-paying jobs. Strong families, strong economy, exactly. a strong balance sheet sure cuts down on the crime. It sure it? does. It sure does. It all, fit, it all fits together, and so you can 
focus on one issue or another, but really you're looking at the big picture and how all of that fits in. And really the area of Springfield really has been growing during the time that you've been honorable, correct? <laughs> we, we have been growing. You know, one of the issues which we have, it's a, it's a good problem, but it's a tough one, is uh, how do you appropriately annex areas into the city that need to be here? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, with no disrespect intended to those leaders 13, 14, 50 years ago, I think the city probably missed the boat at that time by not being more aggressive mm-hmm. in appropriately uh, annexing areas. But we're looking at, we have so many people really ringing the city that work here, their kids go to school here, they go to church here, but they technically live outside the city. Mm -hmm. And so how do we appropriately manage that growth? And I think it's doable, but it's hard that people say just annex. Well, it's not as simple as that. Annexation is a very lengthy process and it's it should be it should be it's a major decision but we want to focus on that and that gets to the growth question of uh, not just springfield but the entire region we're a health care hub and that's never right. been more evident than the last few months as we've been dealing with the pandemic uh, two excellent health care facilities here plus our jordan valley community health center all play such a role here but that makes us a health care hub what are some of the challenges you see ahead then? You've got a few years left in office. You have to have some plans going well, forward. Well, we do. They're challenges, but they're good opportunities. Uh, we have so much taking place. Uh, a little over a year ago, the city hired a director of quality of place. That's uh interesting it is. term well what does a director of quality of place do to our, to our knowledge we are the only city that has one and we hired a man by the name of tim rosenberry who's been a longtime architect with a firm here in this community and he retired he'd been on the school board but the whole purpose was really to deal with a priority that city council had placed we've got five priorities but one of those was quality of place and that says what makes it special to be a part of springfield why would you want to live here? Why would you want to stay here? Why would you want to come back here if you've left? And that encompasses so many different types of things. It talks about public safety, talks about nuisance properties, but how do we make our city attractive? So Tim is heading that effort up, and one of the things that came along, and I will admit I did not think we were going to get it, but we got a build grant, better utilizing investment to leverage development from the federal government, which is very, very competitive. But our congressional uh, delegation led by Senator Blunt uh, was instrumental in getting that done. $21 million from the federal government that we received in November of 2019 uh, to be matched by $5 million from the city for $26 million to do a economic vitality corridor from the Bass Pro area on the south side of Springfield clear up to our city square about three miles north of there. That's a wonderful opportunity. And that's going to completely redo that area and it's going to provide a link from the south to the square or from the square to the south. And I know our contractors will be more than happy they to help will you be, make They that will happen. be very very <laughs> much involved in that but in relation to that we're doing some things differently than what we've done. We're using the construction manager concept, the design-build concept. And that process has started now, uh, very pleased with the initial interest that was expressed by possible contractors coming in with this. And it will be done over the next five years, but we're starting 
to do that. It will involve just a real transformation of that area from sunshine in Springfield on the south to the public square on the north. That's exciting. And you're talking about things such as walking trails, outdoors, businesses coming in, uh, housing units going in, and it's just going to completely transform that. And that, to me, does something. It gets that pathway from the south to the square. But we're also looking at going north from there. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a good partnership with uh, Missouri State University. You have some great universities. We do, and and, you know, not to digress here, but uh, on any given day, in normal times, we will have forty to forty-five thousand college students in Springfield Mm -hmm. between uh, Missouri State, Ozarks Technical Community College, Evangel, and Drury. Right. So we have strong education. Strong education. The partnership could not be better. It's always been strong, but Missouri State has developed over the last twelve to thirteen years what's called Idea Commons, Innovation, Design, Entrepreneurship, and Art. And that's where the university's Art and Design Department is located, but they also have an innovation center down there, uh, the Plaster Center. It used to be an old turkey plant years ago, and the university bought it. And that area is being transformed. There's going to be, with a private contractor coming in, a 100,000-square-foot office building, going in wonderful the city's role is to provide the necessary infrastructure and we're going to do something that we call daylighting jordan creek flowing beneath the city streets is jordan creek all contained in a culvert right now most likely years and years and years ago uh, when it was uh, before it was covered up it would flood of course when you had big heavy rains but we're going to Daylight that. Now, it's not going to be something like you see the river walk in San Antonio, but it's going to be an amenity and attraction, but it also serves the dual purpose of dealing with stormwater issues. And that's exciting. That's, that's moving very, very rapidly. Uh, the university is doing its part. We have what's known as the Jordan Valley Innovation Center, named for Senator Roy Blunt, who at the time was in Congress and helped get funding for that some tremendous contractors here that do defense work uh, in there. And that's Mm -hmm. located in an old mill. It used to be the old MFA mill. And years ago, the university bought it from the city for a dollar. And there were a lot of people that said the university overpaid. (laughs) But it was a good investment. And so my dream is you start with Grant Avenue Parkway on the south, that sunshine, go up through the square. I want to go all the way clear to the north to Commercial Street in Springfield with an economic vitality corridor. Sounds like you might have to run for three or four more terms by the time this is <laughs> well, all done. Well, you know, th- these are exciting <laughs> things, but they fit, Lynn, so much with our overall priorities, the skilled skills gap, the right. workforce development. and It all it all fits in, and I, I can see it very clearly. Now, getting, getting it uh, from vision into reality is is the challenge, but we have so many willing partners here that are playing a big part in this. Well, and I think the things you were talking about, adopting these different delivery systems on your construction certainly will help expedite some of that, keep some of that moving forward, and having your quality of place person engaged will help keep the community engaged. You know, you're an elected official, you know you don't do anything without sufficient public support to make sure that it goes forward successfully. That's right. And we have a real strength in this area, the city, the county, and really the region, and it's collaboration. 
Uh, we pride ourselves on that. Very little of any consequence gets done in this community that doesn't involve the discussion with a lot of different people, public and private. The education community is involved in that. We've never seen a better example than what's been going on with the pandemic over the last 13, 14 months. That everybody's good, worked together. Good collaboration, exactly. That's wonderful. Well, the Honorable Mayor Ken McClure, thank you so much for your time today. Best of wishes for success on all of these projects you have going forward. It sounds really exciting that it will make Springfield even a better place to stay. Well, thank you. We're very proud of it. Thank you for the work that AGC does through all of this. Great partners, and we're very grateful. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcastAGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.